Hello and welcome to the Relational Parents Podcast, where we get off autopilot and give thoughtful attention to how we interact with our children and relate to ourselves so that you can show up in your family as the best version of yourself with a lot more joy and ease. I'm your host, Teresa Puckett, and I'm thrilled you've joined us today. Today, we are going to talk about getting off autopilot with our words. How many of you have heard, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me? I don't know how long I believed that for, but if if that were true, then why do we have things like, I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say bounces off me and back to you? If names don't hurt, if words don't hurt, we wouldn't need sayings like that. And we wouldn't have song lyrics about words are weapons sharper than knives. Words are meaningful. They're one way we express ourselves and they really can hurt. So I want you to think back. It might be a matter of hours or could be days or could be years. I want you to think back to a time when you were very hurt by someone's words. Didn't even seem like they were thinking. They just unloaded and you were very, very hurt. And you can pause the podcast to let this really wash over you. I'm going to tell you a story that always comes to mind for me when I think about words that were said that just had an impact and I will never, ever forget. I've long since forgiven, but can never forget. It's just seared in. I was back in fifth grade and I was uh, a bit of a goody-goody in fifth grade. I was well-liked, but I just never got into trouble. And I remember it was winter and we were all going to get our things so that we could be called for the bus and it was the equivalent of homeroom. I went to go get my things and I had my hands very full with my backpack and my hat and my coat and everything else. And there was a ball of uh, like a crumpled up piece of paper in the shape of a ball in front of me. And I kicked it out of the way. And it wasn't a second later before my teacher, Mrs. McDermott, shouted across the room, Teresa Darian, what do you think you're doing? Pick up that trash instead of kicking it all over the classroom. She bellowed every single person in the class, stopped what they were doing, couldn't believe I was getting in trouble and stared. Well, that was the most embarrassing and shaming experience that I had had at school to date. Mrs. McDermott was a great teacher. She was a wonderful woman. And I never had another experience with her like that. Um, You can be sure I never kicked another ball of uh, wadded up paper in her classroom. (laughs) But I'm sure She was having some kind of a bad day, whatever it was. It was not the usual occurrence. And I also know 
that that stuck with me. It stuck with me enough that that is something that has come up whenever I've uh, I've done any work like this with words. That's one of the things that always comes up for me. So you have your situation that you recalled about how someone said words to you that really made you feel a certain way strongly. And maybe it was positive and maybe it was negative, but those were, quote, just words. Our words are powerful and we are all 100% responsible for the words that come out of our own mouth. I'm going to offer you a word that's very helpful for me around words. It's discernment. And discernment comes from a Latin verb, discernere, that means to separate. And I am not very familiar with the process of separating the different parts of the wheat, but I know that there is a separation process to get the the good part from the um, the relatively useless and inedible part. I know from uh, panning for gold back in the day in the Wild West, when people would pan for gold, they would separate out what they thought could be gold from what clearly wasn't when they were panning. Now, when we're talking about separating from a, a language perspective, it's not so much each individual word, of course, right? It's really what is driving our words? Where are our words coming from? Are they coming from the little gremlin that just whispered them in our ear and we're just getting them right out? We're going right from ear to mouth and we're not really thinking about it. We're on autopilot. We're reacting we're speaking impulsively, or are we giving a little bit of thought to our words? Not even, it doesn't have to be a whole lot, just a little bit, just a, a microsecond of thought and consideration and consideration of what is the purpose, the intention behind our words. And I don't know about you. I do have a little gremlin that speaks to me and he doesn't speak or she doesn't speak in my brain. It's like right into my ear. I hear what I would just love to say with no filter, boom, and let it fly. And I also know, unless it's some kind of a a good humored joke, a lot of times just taking that microsecond to think, what would happen if I said that? What is my purpose in saying that really, really benefits me? And I'm going to share with you something that happened the other night. It was a Sunday dinner. It was just recently. And honestly, I don't remember the topic, but we had been talking about something. And I said to my son, sweetie, what what were your thoughts about that? And he looked up from his plate and what he said was, oh, I wasn't paying any attention. What were you saying? And he gave this little smile. Now, 
it would have been one thing if he had said, oh, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? You know, just, just off the cuff, like with a little bit of, um, a little bit of apology, a little bit of remorse, like, oh, I was so focused on this awesome dinner. I didn't hear what you were saying. What was that? But no, it was not that. It was literally, oh, I wasn't paying any attention. What were you saying? And and then that little smile. And I had all kinds of things just rush up and right into my ear that, um, that I would have, I don't want to say I would have loved to have said, but I certainly could have very, very easily said. And I was not, uh, that day hadn't been a great day for me anyway. I was, I was working through some things. I was feeling some things that were a little uncomfortable and unusual that day. And I realized it would be only too easy to let it fly with my son. So it didn't take, you know, it, it's taking me a few minutes to get this all out and tell you. It didn't take a second for me to just hold myself and that whole notion of do no harm. I chose to do no harm. Instead, I I looked down at the table. I took a breath and I really just disengaged. And it it probably wasn't two full seconds before I don't I don't even remember who it was, if it was my other son or my husband who repeated whatever it was and and the moment was gone. The moment was gone for me to react in that impulsive and very unhelpful way. And that that really didn't take a huge amount of skill. I wasn't making things right. I wasn't um, solving a problem. I was just literally doing no harm. And I was very happy afterwards that I did not um, speak impulsively. And I will, I'll finish out the story. (laughs) There was, uh, we, you know, we're getting through dinner and it wasn't too much before the end of dinner when there was just a, a very, I'm, I'm going to say a very impolite sound that came from my other son. It was just, uh, you know, nothing that you would ever want to hear in a restaurant or, or anything else. And although I am told in some cultures, it means that the meal was good. If, uh, if somebody really lets out a good belch. So um, I used that as my opportunity to say, wow, guys, you know what? Um, I think sometime soon we should designate one night as, you know, restaurant night or something. And let's all pretend we're at a restaurant or over at someone's house at a dinner party. And let's just remember, I know we're in quarantine right now and uh, it's all just us and it's that's one thing but <laughs> I think we need to get back to just an understanding of, of manners and a conversation about it and I will say that my energy around it was just the way I conveyed it it was um, a little bit tongue-in-cheek a little bit humorous and that was the way it was taken 
and they said, just make sure that you give us enough, enough notice, mom. And even the next night, um, when something happened or, or someone was talking with their mouth full, they said, wait, wait, wait a minute. It's not restaurant night, is it? And so there was, there was that. Um, and you can be sure that paying attention to the conversation will be something that, uh, that's included in our restaurant night as well. So I sort of did take an opportunity to plant some seeds around that and, um, and did no harm. So what is your biggest takeaway from this podcast and from my two stories and from the notion of discernment? I would love to hear what you got out of it and maybe even one thing that you're going to try as a result. You can let me know on the Relational Parents Facebook page or drop me a line at support at relationalparents.org. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Would you like to interact with other like-minded parents? Maybe ask them or me a question about your child? If so, join the growing community of relational parents at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash relational parents.